Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. What's going on, everybody? This is Tristan Mack Wilds, one third of Guys Next Door. And if you are hearing my voice, maybe you should be listening to Guys Next Door. If you ever wanted to get into the mindset of the young black millennial man, all of the things that we go through, love, sex, relationships, financials, technology, mental health, and everything that lies in between, this show is for you. Now, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know you guys are probably listening to a really, really nice podcast, but make sure you guys go subscribe right now to Guys Next Door, and we'll see you guys in the neighborhood. Peace. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome to the Quick Stop Formula One podcast. My name is Nasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Joining me, not as always, normally I would say joining me as always is Tandy, but she is actually not here today. So for Tandy Hive, I know that's 99.9% of the people who listen to this podcast. She's not here, you're going to have to deal with me. But I do have two amazing guests who started their own F1 platform, pretty much like us this season. Uh, they've already got interviews on there. They've got their own podcast. They're doing awesome. So happy to have you on Paris and Mariam. How are you guys? Yeah, we're doing yeah, well. Right, thanks. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Yeah, good. I didn't actually say that your platform is called On The Chicane. Um, So hello, guys from On The Chicane. Um, Quickly for, you know, the guys uh, on our podcast, introduce yourselves and I guess like uh, what is On The Chicane? What do you want to do with it? And yeah, who are you? Who the hell are you? On The Chicane is, so basically it's a platform that I started a few years ago and it was called Fast Cars and Diamonds. Um, And it was just a random mishmash of stuff, to be honest um and then I kind of like I my aim has always been to try and get into Formula One as like a career you know so um this season I kind of decided to refine it a bit fortunately came across a tweet that Paris posted saying she was looking for a a co-host for a F1 show and I was like hey that could be me um so yeah (laughs) joined forces we connected over the internet the great old internet um and yeah we started on the chicane yeah. and it's literally been so great since no it's it's uh i, I always see the clips of your podcast and uh, i listen to your podcast as well like uh it's really i only listen to like three or four podcasts Aww. um because <laughs> after that so uh, also after that there's like a bit of sad there's only so yeah. much yeah yeah, exactly. But uh, no, really, really like, really like a podcast. And I guess so, Paris. What was it that um, made you want to start like a, a podcast? Like, what what made you do that tweet and and have you guys kind of team up? So I was on Twitter, which I always am, always tweeting you guys. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah. Um, and I, I <laughs> <laughs> and literally, I just um, I came across a tweet, and there was a, I think she was a South African girl. And she was saying that, you know, she wishes that she saw more black females in motorsport and Formula One in particular. And I was just like, you know what? She's right. Like, I've loved yeah. Formula One since I was really young. Like, I watched it with my dad when I was seven, eight years old. And then got into it myself when I was a teenager. And I've never 
you know, seen black women on TV, even just other women of color. It's so, so rare. So I was like, hold on a second. If I exist, surely somebody else like me should exist. And I just put it out there literally into the world. I was just like, you know, if anybody wants to do an F1 podcast, like get at me, guys, share this. Maybe you might not want to be into Formula One, but someone on the timeline will be. And then I think um, two mutual friends over. So not even like my mutual friend. It was like two people over um, sent it. Someone sent it to Mariam and was like, you need to jump on this. I I just want to plug him actually. BC Astro, Brian Campbell, great photographer. He's the one who sent me your tweet. So So literally that happened. And I think within two three weeks we were recording our first um yeah like you know welcome to the on the chicane we just got straight into it we had like a couple of meetings I think from the first day we spoke we just you know bouncing off of each other we knew we had it and then that was that was just like the start of the beautiful journey kind of thing so yeah I'm I'm really loving what we've been doing so far and I, I just hope it kind of continues and people really want to get involved Nice. I think they will. I think they will. I think it's, uh, I think it's really cool that you two, like as women of color, like taking up space and making really cool content and like the interviews that you're doing as well on the platform. Uh, I think, you know, all in all, I think, yeah, to have both that written and, uh, like audio and video. So like triple threat kind of thing. I think that's really cool. So guys, if you're not already, make sure you're going to follow them. We'll put their, uh, links down below and we'll get into being a content creator later on in the pod but we're here to talk some formula one we are previewing the french grand prix which is going to be on sunday um not always a classic um (laughs) but you know what we're gonna do our best to try and hype it up as much as possible so there's a few things i want to talk about today and one of them is one max verstappen so I realised on the podcast, you know, we've not spoken on our podcast. We've not spoken about Max Verstappen like at all. Like, I don't think he's even he's not been started day once. We've not given him donkey. We're not. We've literally really tried to suppress the Max Verstappen chat. But you know, it's undeniable that he is going to be a force in the championship this year. Yeah. Um. So, I'll ask you individually, but I guess, Marion, what um. What are your thoughts on Verstappen and like how how he's doing this year and, and his his title charge? How do you rate Verstappen so far this year? To be honest, I think we've all kind of seen it coming for a while. He, as much as we all hate to admit it, he has got talent. And, you know, fortunately, he seems to be growing out of his really, you know, stubborn crappy little attitude that he had um I mean remember it like going back to when Ricardo was at Red Bull like the two of them constantly like just you know as much as they really got on they also absolutely hated each other at times um and you know it was down to a lot of Verstappen's attitude in the way that he was so I think seeing that he's kind of improved in that aspect you know I mean You've got to yeah. give it to him. He, he's, he's got the drive. He's got the talent. He is putting that talent to work now. And I do genuinely think he is going to be a world champion in the, if not this year, then definitely maybe in the next few years. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I remember Ricardo saying earlier this year that him and uh, Verstappen wanted to essentially kill each other's careers. Uh, yeah. It had got that toxic at Red Bull and his, his uh, attitude has definitely improved. Uh, Paris, uh, so I guess on the evidence that we've seen this year, you know, as Mariam kind of stated just mm-hmm. then, um, what are your thoughts on Verstappen being champion this year? Does he have, does he have the car, and does he have, you know, the talent to topple Lewis this year and become, you know, the first champion other than Lewis since Nico Rosberg? I don't want to like say exactly who I think the champion is going to be at the end of the year, but as far as does he have what it takes, definitely. I think if um, anybody on the field at the moment can kind of take it to Mercedes and take it to Hamilton, then it is definitely Verstappen, like no doubt about that. He has been one of the most consistent drivers. I really hate to admit it, but, you know, he he definitely has. I'm such a big person who, you know, if a person's personality is shit, I just, I can't deal with it. Like I don't, it makes me be turned off of you. But, you know, when he did come into Formula One, he was only 17, like he was very young and and he was a golden boy. You know, he'd kind of come very quickly from Toroso into into Red Bull. So, you know, I I understand maybe why he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder, why he was kind of acting like the be all or end all kind of thing. He he thought he was the big man. And it doesn't help when you've got like Christian Horner's head shoved so far up your bum, like... It's up there, isn't so it? I think like, <laughs> I kind of understand his inflated ego yeah. in that sense, but I don't like it, and I I didn't ever like him at all. Um, that being said, you cannot take that away from just because a person's like horrible off the track or was horrible off the track, because you also have to acknowledge the fact that he's grown as a human being, seemingly. Um, you know, he's a man; he's older now, isn't it? So you, you have to give him yeah. that kind of you know leeway a bit, but. Um, yeah, I think his mentality is in a place where something would have to go seriously wrong for him to not be uh, not be a title contender. You know, like I think it's going to yeah. take it. The cars there this year, Mercedes are messing up a lot this year, so it could. Happen. It's true. What about you? What do you it think? really is. Um. Oh, I don't want to say yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is it. I, I, I don't want to say yes. I just want, I literally don't want to say yes. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I really have been looking for signs that Max won't be consistent. That being in a title fight will result in him uh, making mistakes. And I guess I clung to the fact that you know. He didn't get the pass done in Bahrain at the start of the season, so it felt like, oh, you know, he should have got that move done. That was his race to lose. And when he didn't get pole in, uh, was it Imola? Um, I think uh, Perez qualified in front of him in Imola. So there was like these little things. I was like, oh, look, you know, he's not taking advantage here and there. But I mean, especially I think, you know, in the last three, four races, or no, but at least you know Monica. I think that that performance kind of spoke for yeah, itself. Yeah, he was just. I think he was out there. He was he was out yeah. there, wasn't he? Like Azerbaijan, uh, you know. I think uh, it's it's only luck, really bad luck, that has resulted in him not 
winning that race uh, at a canter. Um, and uh, he just looks imperious. You know, I think we'll see coming into the races that we have, which are, you know, I think the tyre warm-up issues that Mercedes are having in uh, the last two races won't be a factor necessarily yeah. um, at, at Paul Ricard and, and Austria, yeah. uh, although Austria is a good Red Bull track. So look... Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I, I I think it's I think it's going to be close. I think this season, you know, when we had the Red Bull and no Red Bull, when we had the Ferrari Mercedes yeah. fight, yeah. they were very much like Ferrari tracks and Mercedes mm. tracks, and Vettel would dominate at one place and then uh, Hamilton would dominate at another. And we we rarely got that wheel to wheel kind of racing. Whereas this year uh, feels a bit different, doesn't it? It feels like you yeah. know they're much closer on a level kind of pegging and yeah we are actually seeing fights and it's coming down to milliseconds of strategy and and all these kind of things yeah. where your tires have to be perfect your positioning has to be perfect like down to your wing your front wing your back wing all of that kind of stuff so for me I'm just like I love it like I love seeing the fight I just hope that you know Lewis makes it to the end and wins yeah uh if I had to obviously I'm not for the purpose of people on Spotify, but if I had a gun to your head, um, Mariam, <laughs> Mariam, um, uh, if you had to say one per, like, um, you know, who's going to win the title this year, Verstappen or Hamilton? Who are you saying? Realistically, I'm going to go for Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. And Paris? yeah, I'm going to go Hamilton as well. I'm going to go Verstappen. Only joking. Uh, oh. <laughs> Never, uh, never, never, never. But you know, it is it's close, and I, I think those. I think you know, when we were mentioning the teams, um, if I, if I, I really at the moment, if I was to trust a team to get it done, it's probably that, Red that's Bull. That's it. That's yeah. it. And even like right. um, I saw, I think in the drivers' conference last race, Perez was saying how consistent Verstappen is, even off the track. Whereas some of the other drivers might not be as consistent. So I think, you know, it's a whole team effort at the moment, isn't it? Like if it's absolutely every single aspect of your drive that is important. Yeah, 100%. And we will see. I was going to get into the second driver stuff, but I don't want to become the podcast that just bashes Bottas. So we're going to want to give him some room and... We'll see how he performs at France and then we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, not holding my breath. But I guess talking of quickly, uh, there was some news um, uh, from Pirelli. So uh, the tyres blew out at uh, Baku. Uh, We had Lance Stroll followed by Verstappen. Um, and there were cuts also on Vettel's tyres and Hamilton's tyres. Did Hamilton finish the race? He, he did, he but he no. finished. He went he up, remember, he drove off into the Yeah, That was it. Yeah. Um, so, um, so Pirelli have come back and said that essentially... Uh, and they did this thing where they basically put out a very convoluted explanation that I had to read four or five times before yeah. I clocked what they were saying. But it was essentially the failures were, uh, they happened even though, you know, everything was done correctly on our side. Um, so something about the running of the tire caused that 
uh, explosion on the tyre. Now, people are saying that potentially people at uh, Red Bull and Aston Martin potentially played with tyre um, tire preparation in terms of pressures, the tire pressures that they were running were were not correct. And there's new measures being brought on this weekend. Uh, I guess not to get too technical, but I guess do you do you believe Pirelli in that sense, uh, or I guess do you do you think that the tire blowouts? Uh, I, I kind of I guess Pirelli not being able to get on top of. Uh, the issue, you know, given that we've had tyre blowouts last season as well, potentially the season before, I can't remember. Um, I'm calling bullshit. Okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it's just too much of a coincidence for it to be happening like that and like the way that it's been going on for a while, as you say. Mm. Obviously, you know, last year when Hamilton bloody finished the race on like three tyres or something. Yeah, yeah insane like that kind of thing like you say like it's been a while they should have been able to get on top of it and they clearly haven't so i think there's maybe a bit of pr involved there where they're maybe spinning some words and like as you say a convoluted uh statement that they're putting out i mean i work in pr and marketing like i know how you how you twist the story so i'm thinking (laughs) it's all kind of like i say i call bullshit yeah (laughs) <laughs> no, I, uh, I I don't blame you. I agree with Mary, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if it was as simple as, you know, it's not our faults, they would have just said, like, fairly straightforwardly, it's not our faults for this reason, that reason, that reason. The fact that they had to go through the convoluted route and kind of blame the teams. Also, if it was just like, I think that the fact that it happened at such a high speed as well, because that would be a difficult yeah. thing to like manufacture in a sense like if they were playing with the tire pressures and stuff I feel like it could have given way at any any point but on both of them it was at such a high speed more or less on the same straight so I feel like that's more of a tire issue than a with they're playing around with the um with the pressures and also I um as far as I know you know the FIA you know check the cars in part Fermi Verstappen did change his tyres that weekend? Was that the weekend he changed his tyres? He, he did, yeah. He did. Uh, was, that, was that weekend? Was that Monaco? I can't think. But, well, either way, mm-hmm. my point is it's every everything has to be inspected. It goes through part Fermi between, yeah. you know, um, between qualifying in the race and FIA. One of the things that FIA, as far as I know, check is, like, your tyres, and that would include your, your tyre pressures, presumably. So, I don't know. I can't see it being something that is easily fiddled with um and i think it's more li- likely to be uh, something to do with the tire wall um under pressure yeah i mean it's like i don't know it's like when the met police do something wrong and then they investigate themselves and like oh it's fine <laughs> like and i'm just like yeah i don't trust you guys to investigate <laughs> yourselves yeah. Independent no, person coming in, please. Eight seconds. Yeah, I need a, I need an independent inspector yeah. on those tires, please. Uh, no, okay, that's that's fine. I, I totally understand. But then flipping, and, flipping I, the question back, just just wondering, what do you think about yeah, sure. the times when we've had more than one tire supplier in F one? Well, 
uh, there's pros and cons, isn't there? Like, at the end of the day, a lot of people don't realise that, like, Ferrari pretty much had Bridgestone in, like, the palm of their mm. hand. And that, alongside, like, millions of miles of testing that they were able to do, just meant that Ferrari had their own personal tyre supplier compared to, like, the rest of the grid. So, like... Uh, it wasn't as like competitive. 50-50 equal competitive as as was I mean, looking at me I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> like that, that um, but um, but on the other hand you know it, it is good I, I feel like yeah it could bring things in line a little bit but then also competition means that could we just have even more pushing of limits and, and safety Um you know, I think, I think it was good that they went a step softer for Azerbaijan, so because it created these pit stops. You know, and I wish they would go softer more often. Uh, I hate it when it's just like a one stop, and people can just come in lap fourteen and then just go fifty laps on one tire. Yeah. So something needs to be done. I, you know, I guess we'll see with the tires next season, uh, which is supposed to be completely different. Yeah. You know, um, we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel as if it's a shame in Formula One we talk about tires so much. Like, <laughs> it does have a big like, impact clearly on the race. Like, it, you know what I mean, it's just crazy how much we talk about tires. And I feel like if I was like new into Formula yeah. One. And I'm just trying to figure it out. And people just talk about tyres all the time. I'm just like, what is, like, I just feel sorry for people. And then but you see that meme only... of, like, Max Verstappen kicking his tyre this week. Yeah, that's timeless. Yeah. That, is, that is, like, if, if there's one image that I love from F1, that's definitely my favourite from this year. Yeah. Um, speaking of a guy who's not having a good time, uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Um, look at my face. <laughs> I don't want to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but we're gonna have it. Um, Daniel Um, so by all accounts, he's he struggled this year, and I think it's been exacerbated by Lando doing as well as he has. He's you know very consistent podium uh, points finishes. You know outperforming Daniel in the races qualifying Daniel's beat Lando a couple of times I think so it's not a complete whitewash um but what do you guys think uh you know um how worried should people be about Daniel or is there uh do we have mitigating circumstances and you know would you do you expect there to be an upward trend from the French Grand Prix onwards or do you think that he's gonna continue to struggle what do you what are your thoughts I'm gonna say I think he's gonna continue to struggle a little bit don't hate okay. me Ricardo fans please because honestly I love him so much but I don't know I can't see it getting much better anytime soon right yeah um, I mean just I think because... sorry uh, I was going to say, <laughs> just because I, I heard something that he he said, which was that he's been in the simulator a lot, and um, basically he is having to react in a different way to what he's used to from his previous cars. And it just sounds like he's really struggling with that. And that's not something that's going to change over, overnight or even over one or two races as much as we'd like it to. Mm. Marion? Um, I was just going to say, I think when we... 
obviously like we're huge Ricardo stands on the chicane like honestly love him <laughs> but I just think when I, when he was at Red Bull I was like so for him and I thought this guy is someone who is world championship material um and I'm just gutted to see his downfall really and I think I agree with Paris like I think we are going to continue to see him struggle I don't really see it getting much better for him Lando is literally just on fire and you yeah. know it's to him he's a new kid and he's just doing what he's got to do um but yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gutted for Ricardo and I do think that I I now don't see him winning a championship which is really sad because I do think he once upon a time had the potential but now obviously he's in his 30s you do kind of tend to be phased yeah. out with the younger boys you know and I just don't know if he's got mm-hmm. it in him now if I, I don't think he's in the right car I don't think he's got the right team I just uh, yeah I don't know Paris, do you have so yeah, I, I agree, but just on a on a point in that, I just, I, what I was gonna ask was so we've got a situation where, like I say, maybe not be the right team. Do you think that he made the right decision to leave Renault? Um, I guess and he left he made the decision a year after being there because he left before the start of last season. And obviously, look, uh, based on his performance last season, you know, he, he did pretty well. And, you know, McLaren are stronger than Alpine. So, you know, on paper, it's the right move. But I guess in terms of that team leader role that he had at Renault, but it didn't maybe fit, um, was he better off staying at Renault and maybe having more comfortability or... You know, has he made a mistake going to, or is he better going to McLaren? I think it's hard to say because, like you say, on paper, it was the right move. And as soon as it was announced that he was going to McLaren, I was like, yes, absolutely, like get in there. Because Carlos and Lando, both of them were pretty solid at McLaren. And you think, yeah, all right, Ricardo's going to get in there. He's going to do what he's got to do and he's going to win some races, get some podiums, and, you know, um, but I think so. I think it's hard to say. I think that's a very difficult question because, yeah, on paper, it seems like the right thing. And even now, like looking back, you're like, should he stay at a team that's doing not as great as his current team just because he's the stronger contender there? But yeah. I think with Alpine, he wouldn't even have had a chance to maybe be on the podium. Whereas with McLaren, obviously, with the way that the team's doing, he's got a bit more of a chance. So. I don't know. It's a bit. It's difficult to say. I mean, Ocon's doing pretty Very well difficult. in that Alpine, so it could. It, he could have done a decently, maybe yeah, not but... podium. But for if you're like, I think the mindset of Ricardo. So to answer your question, I think he made the right decision, even if he's not performing currently at the moment, because I think yeah. it's a long term thing. It's the what he wants yeah. and what he needs is like a. a team that's going to kind of nurture him even at the age that he is but is kind of going to get behind him and take care of him and nurture him and I think McLaren's offering that to him whereas if you look at what would have happened at Alpine he was really close to Cyril when it was Renault and Cyril's gone when it's become Alpine so he maybe wouldn't have got that kind of like close relationship and been number one 
now they're backing Ocon, Ocon's French, like, you know, that whole politics does come into F1. And, and like you said, Mariam, they're, they're kind of going for these younger drivers at the moment and they're really championing them. They're signing them up for much longer contracts as well. So you can tell they're kind of putting all their eggs in the basket for the future. Whereas a team like McLaren has the resources and they, not saying Alpine don't have the resources, but McLaren has the kind of history, the traditional um, respect in, in F1 where that he can stay there for a few years and even if he's not necessarily performing the best he's gonna you know have a good few years in, in Formula 1 and be near the front of the grid yeah yeah I think he's got more chances of sneaking wins mm. in McLaren Will McLaren we're all waiting for next season and these yeah. rule changes yeah. like Everyone says that. Yeah, everyone says they're concentrating on 2022. Not everyone's going to be sick. Like someone's going to have to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we'll see. You know how good McLaren are. They've been on such a good upward trend recently with Norris. Um, and, we, and you know Norris is Norris is doing great. And I look. I'll hold my hands up. I really thought Ricardo was going to walk in. And just absolutely walk over Norris. I yeah, like. I was. I, I was too. fearing for Norris's future. I was like, this kid's just going to be some happy-go-lucky kid. He's going to get walked over. There's not going to be a friendship there either. And but you know what, Lando's shitting on Ricardo. <laughs> I feel like he's not. And then they're asking him in the interviews. They're like, Lando, like, oh, what are you doing to help Daniel? And Lando's like, but he needs to help himself. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know what you want me to do about my yeah. man. I, He's a big man. So, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting situation at Mercedes. Mercedes? McLaren. Um, Although, to just to, I guess, on that note, they, a lot of people are saying, obviously, he's always had a Renault engine. Uh, this is the first season that he is in a Mercedes engine. So, yeah. I guess those, that kind of, that maybe that as well as just the technical aspect, like aerodynamically, of the McLaren. Mm. Yeah, they're doing him over. But, you know, he's slowly becoming... I mean, it's between him and Alonso now of those top kind of four drivers, Alonso, Vettel, Sainz, Ricardo, drivers who've moved teams and were initially struggling and Sainz is doing great. Big man Vettel's doing really well, uh, like against all lots. Vettel's come through. Uh, I'm happy for my guy. Uh, and then we've got Ricardo and Alonso, uh, who seem to be struggling with their cars. And Alonso had how many years out? Two years out? Two years. Yeah, um, it's better so... in, in that mix with that you're including as well, because he's doing pretty well now after six races as well. Is that a Perez? Yeah. Sorry, completely forgot. Yeah, and Perez is a literal race winner. So, uh, what a guy. So, uh, so yeah, like, Ricardo really is, like, he's just in front of the guy who's not driven an F1 car for two years. Yeah. Like, that's not, it's not a good place to be. I mean, he, he needs to sort it out. So, do you reckon he'll sort it out? Yes, no? Not, not we'll anytime soon. I reckon probably second half of the season kind of thing we'll be looking at to see actual changes and more long-term like even into next year kind of thing yeah I I feel I think yeah 
I think I think this season could be a bit of a write off. Although I'm looking forward to like his redemption yeah. podium at some point. You just know there's going to be some kind of like redemption podium where bare people crash out. And he's just going to late break someone. Like and last he's still got it in and... him, right? Like that still exists yeah. within Ricardo. That's him as a driver. So that's never going to go anywhere. And then once exactly. he like actually and the thing is what i don't want to see is people just jumping off of the ricardo bandwagon but as much as i'm saying like i don't think he's going to do well over the next few races that doesn't mean i'm not still like team ricardo in a sense because i'm still behind him and i hope he does really well but you know you've got to stick with your drivers whether or not they're doing well or not Uh. Be- wow, people are selling those stocks. Yeah, people are selling those Ricardo stocks. It's like Elon Musk telling them, nah. <laughs> nah, they're, they're scared. They they are buying high, selling low. Um, so, um, Mariam, yeah, you guys, Ferrari, my boys. They uh, are they back? Like, is is this like? Is right, you know what? Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we've been performing well. And, you know, I'm proud of my little boy, Charlie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I think most people are surprised because no one expected this. Um, I've been a Ferrari fangirl since, like, I first got into F1. And this is just exactly what i wanted to see especially after the last year or so yeah um, i don't know if they're back i think it is a bit too soon to say but you know what as long as there's a few podiums coming and going i can't complain next yeah. year is hopefully going to switch it up a bit i'm excited to see what it brings yeah and i'm excited to see where ferrari can go because they've obviously got the potential they're like the best team the the most iconic team in the sport they're going to be back at the top at some point. I don't know if it'll be anytime soon, but it may be in the next few years. Yeah, like, um, yeah, for sure they are. <laughs> when Ferrari do well, it's better for the sport as much as I join. Like, I, I'm not a, a massive Ferrari fan. I used to be. I, I Probably the same. Like When I first started watching Formula One, like, Schumacher was, like, just the guy like him and that Ferrari was just so iconic and it's it's cool seeing them like they had the kind of the Vettel years which were like pretty pretty good like 17 18 and um and even like uh yeah when when they had that really fast car in, in 19 but just couldn't like piece it together and obviously then then the engine issue so yeah no good to see them back thoughts on Carlos Sainz guys what do you think? Uh, I think he's doing cool. Do you think... I, I don't really have much to say about science, yeah. to be honest. He's doing well. Leclerc's both doing well. I'm not really a Ferrari fan yeah. as much as um, Marion is. <laughs> so when they do badly, I'm more happy than when they do well, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> uh, but so, no, I, look, uh, I hear it. Uh, I hear it. Marion, do you... Uh, I guess yeah. What do you think of uh, like how Sun's coming? Um, do you think he? Do you think okay? Do you think long term? Do you think Science has what it takes to I guess be better than Leclerc, or is Leclerc always going to be the the lead driver essentially at Ferrari? Even though they say there's no lead drivers, but or do you think they're on an evil evil footing, even thing? Sorry. Um, I don't. I don't think they're on an even footing 
yet. Yeah. But I do think science has got it in him to fight for that championship. And I think if Ferrari were like at the top of their game yeah. and it was between the two of them, for me, at this moment in time, there's no telling who would come out on top. Okay. I think Clerk has pure talent and I think he's so good. Whereas with science, I think he's got talent, but he's also like, you know, I don't think if you compare the two, I think Leclerc still sometimes makes small errors here and there, whereas science is a bit more, you know, he's a bit more experienced in a way. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I think science has definitely got what it takes to give it to Leclerc. Nice. That, what an image. Uh, that is. That is, is that is. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. 100%. Look, I think, I think you're right. I think Leclerc, for me, still makes like stupid mistakes. Like, Unfortunately. My, yeah. Like, and he just, and, uh, you know, we forget this is only his uh, fourth season now, I think. The third season? Sauber. Oh yeah, Sauber, 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 Sauber Ferrari, yeah, Sauber, good year, yeah. Ferrari bad year, and then yeah, 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 this is the fourth. So you know, still relatively inexperienced. Max was still making you know mistakes in his fourth se- fourth season. So uh, you know, uh, I still I, they would will be ironed out eventually, but yeah. he definitely. Like he he has a prang in him, and it's uh, he needs to iron those out if he's ever going to be consistently, I guess, at the top of uh, at the top of the standings. Because we've seen when he has a car that is capable of winning races and being on pole, like he he will stick it on pole and he will he will go into and races. But it's that consistency for me that yeah. Verstappen has now and uh, Hamilton has now, and I think. Charles needs to develop that before I really put him in that. I know everyone likes to put him in the category of Hamilton and Verstappen, nah. but I think he's not there I think yet. This, he's not there yet. He's I think this season yet. is showing Hamilton and Verstappen are just completely clear of, yeah. of the field in terms of quality. And, uh, you know, I think that's, yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely fair. I mean, um, just on that, like, I even, I personally yeah. hate when people put Hamilton and Verstappen in the same, like, Oh, okay. Because yes, <laughs> no, but it's true. Like they're not on the same level. How can you compare a person who has seven world championships? Like com- you can compare them on a race by race basis. You can compare them like yes, in this calendar, Verstappen is his main rival. But you've got a person who literally has grafted for fourteen years to get his seven world but that's titles. What we're talking about right i think people are now talking talking like now they're talking um yeah a little bit talking per race but i've seen people who are just like nah like one hamilton like verstappen all the way verstappen's greater than hamilton blah blah blah. like you can't be saying that you can't be saying that you can can compare it currently like seasonally but like you cannot be saying that there's, there's a greatness give lewis hamilton his dues it's well overdue now like just leave it at the moment. Ah. But Lewis Hamilton doesn't pay enough tax, so <laughs> oh, shut up! Are we really? all this conversation from like he, six you know, years ago? You know he actually pays tax in the UK, like even though he lives hey, in Monaco. Hey. Please, like I am, I am, I am literally never, never saying that with any seriousness. I, I hate. I, oh, you're saying I, it, you're I, saying I, it I, like them people who actually say it for serious. 
But people, like you said, like, you know, I think, you know, in terms of Lewis getting introduced in this Max thing, like we've, we've said it before, like with Max, like there's so many reasons, like obviously people want Max to win for a variety of reasons because it's something different. You know, people really don't like Hamilton, maybe because he's been winning so long, maybe because they think he's arrogant, maybe because he's black, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like there's a variety of reasons why people don't like Hamilton. I'm not going to say what it is, like they have their own reasons. So Max is this like savior of Formula yeah. One to a lot of people. He is because people think we've had so many boring years of like, and I don't agree. I think we've had some That's really good saying. Formula One seasons. We like, had, recently. 2019 was bloody brilliant and 2018. It was great. It was great. Yeah. I, I think we've had some, I've honestly, I think, since 2000 I mean obviously we've had like we had the Rosberg Hamilton years which I, I think were intense and they were great yeah. and then I think you know we had the 17 to 19 with like Ferrari Vettel uh, and then Leclerc coming in in, in 19 and I think there were some really good races in there I think there's some classic yeah. that, that Monza 19 race is one of the greatest Monza races of all time yeah. like there's so many races that are like really good one-off races even the race where Hamilton was following Vettel at Canada or race and then like Vettel nearly puts him into the wall and what like those like there was subplots all throughout seasons um, I think people just kind of so, look I, back to the old eras and they don't see like years of Ferrari and Michael Schumacher dominance as a bad thing they kind of just look back at it like oh no that was so amazing and it's like yeah that's pretty was, much the same thing as what's happening now with Hamilton yeah let Hamilton enjoy I, if someone comes and there was less him, competition, yeah, exactly. Like and like Ferrari's competition in those like uh, after like you know between two thousand two thousand five, their the competition I would say you know wasn't potentially for some of those years as strong as like what we've got now. Like you know, in how, no matter how good they were, they were incredible. But yeah, I just think people want Verstappen to win because it's like a different thing, and I think they're especially in the media, they are hyping this yeah, they are. and they're hyping him and they're putting him on equal footing. Jensen Button saying Verstappen is the most naturally quick driver on the grid. I'm like, how are you measuring that? I don't know. But anyway. But that's the kind of stuff I'm see. talking about. Like, they really genuinely talk about him in the same breath as Hamilton, in the yeah. same it, kind of like, and, and I don't think that's right. I feel like, they? you know, <laughs> it could, yeah. you know, certain, certain man... So Jackie Stewart has three championships and is already a sir. Took took Hamilton seven to get the same kind of accolades. Like them kind of things just show you people's mindset on on the mm, situation. I why. Yeah, and they snuck it as yeah. well. They probably yeah. snuck it. They were just like, oh yeah, we're gonna give him. A, we're gonna give him a, under, under under the radar. <laughs> I'm like, are we allowed to call him sir yeah. now? Can we do it? Or like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when the people are calling him sir, like, are we, are we actually allowed yet? Like, I don't know. So, um, yeah. I'm like, happy for my guy, but uh, yeah, we're very interesting, very interesting. And look, we'll see, uh, we'll see this season. Um, so I guess before, oh no, before we get into that, uh, quickly, Ocon has got a three year contract at Alpine. Congratulations to Esteban. Um, what implications does this have on the driver market? Yeah, I think um, straight away. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> uh, My microphone went funny then for a sec. Sorry, guys. But, um, no, it's fine. Yeah, like, damn. 
I feel like that opens up everything at Mercedes for Russell because that pretty much takes Ocon out of the running. So yeah. Russell can just walk in, just step in there now and be like, yeah, Bottas, well gone. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, can't wait. Um, <laughs> yeah. you like, just get to the left. Everything you own. Uh, like, <laughs> get it out. Um, Mariam, um, where does this leave Pierre Gasly? Uh, a lot of people were priming him before the start of the season, I guess off the back of Ocon kind of struggling after his year out last year. And obviously he had the podium towards the end, but Ricardo beat him quite soundly. People were expecting Alonso to come in and wipe the floor with him. Not happened. Um, <laughs> because, because that's not happened. Uh, he's done well and they've given him a contract, but that seat is obviously no longer there for Pierre Gasly. So um, where does that leave him? I feel like Gasly, poor boy, like he's obviously getting so impatient and he said it himself. He's like, he just wants, he kind of wants out of where he is, Alpha Tauri. Um, yeah. You know, he's done his time there. He's paid, you know, whatever he needed to do. And like, he's doing well, obviously, but I don't think it leaves him much of an option. He's, I don't think he's going back to Red Bull anytime soon. No. And I, I also think that would be a mistake if they offered it to him. I don't think it would work out. Um, I think he's in a good seat where he is. You know, he's he's shown that he can obviously win podiums. Um, I don't know. He's obviously, he's not going to Ferrari. He's not going to Mercedes. He's not going to Red Bull. So that only kind of leaves him the option to stay where he is. But that being said, as we've already yeah. discussed... We've got a whole new season coming up next year, like all the equal markets and whatever's going on, like with the whole rules and regulations. Yeah. It's going to be a bit more equal. So hopefully there'll be a bit more of a chance for him to shine next year, maybe the year after, show that he actually... Because we all know that he is good at what he does. He's won a few podiums. And um, I was quite happy actually to see him come through last week because there were so many yeah. that were like, oh, that was just like a lucky podium that he got last year, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's not that great. But, you know, he, he outdrove Leclerc and got that third place podium. So, yeah. You know. That was some wicked <laughs> racing into those last final corners. Loved it. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah. What a race last yeah. week, man. It oh, was. Two weeks ago. But, yeah, incredible. Um Incredible, incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Where we'll do see you think? Pierre. What do you think? think? Uh, Helmut Marco said that he has got uh, Pierre in a death row contract. He's not leaving. He said he's got two he years uh, on that contract. So um, I think I'm looking in the Red Bull uh, driver program. There is a couple of drivers in the in the driver program. Lawson's doing well in F2. Um, someone else is as well. Can't remember. Apologies, but uh, yeah. Mm. We'll see. Uh, you know, Yuki, I think Yuki, they've pretty much invested in Yuki and, you know, I can't see them kind of ditching him after a year. No. So, you know, it's tough. There's not enough seats in Formula One for the amount of drivers there are. I feel like the, um, the field is kind of set for the next few years and it will probably just be the older drivers like Raikkonen, 
Alonso is probably going to stay. Yeah. He's got, I think, his we. I want his out, man. Two years. So, <laughs> but like, I reckon after the two years, like, I doubt he'll stay longer than that. There's too much talent coming up, like you said, from that Formula Two and just like the other teams. Um, they're going to have to start shopping around. Otherwise, it's going to be the exact same people and the exact same teams for like the next five years. It would be a bit yeah. ridiculous. There's a lot of multi-contract situations going on at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's not looking great. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think Pierre, he'll stay. I think he'll probably stay at AlphaTauri for two years. We're looking at potential openings, you know, Aston Martin when Vettel decides to retire, probably at the end of this contract. Um, we've got obviously Alonso at Alpine. You know that can't last. Surely can't last much longer than another two years after this. Like you say, Raikkonen does he really want to go to Alfa Romeo? You know, I guess he could be a team leader at Alfa Romeo. But oh, can you imagine the debriefs not... and the debriefs if he was a team leader? <laughs> Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. So we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, um, I think he's going to stay at AlphaTauri. And look, he'll keep – what he'll do, he'll do a Sergio Perez, I think. And what we'll see is when there's an opportunity for him to pick up podiums, pick up good points, he'll be there or thereabouts, and he'll just keep ticking along. And when the right drive comes, look, it took Sergio Perez 10 years to get into yeah. – uh, well, obviously he wasn't McLaren, but, you know, 10 years to get into a seat again, you know, where he was in a race-winning seat. And that, that might, you know, might be the case for Pierre. Uh, before we go, obviously we're all creators of colour. Um I don't know why I said it like that, but um, I guess uh, it would be remiss of me not to kind of mention the fact that uh, recently, recently we had to delete uh, our last episode, so the episode before this. So if you see that there's like a quick stop zero zero seven, and then this goes to zero zero nine, uh, it's because eight had to be deleted. Unfortunately, uh, the guest that we had on, uh, Beth, uh, unfortunately, is no longer an F one content creator. Some stuff came out about her. And some past tweets, which were uh, unsavory uh, and uh, pretty offensive, um, which she's apologised for. And you know, she was she was very young at the time; she was fifteen at the time. But you know, um, I guess you know, uh, once people get hold of that kind of thing, it's it's gonna only gonna go one way, to be honest. Um, but it kind of opens up. There was some interesting. Obviously, you may have seen we put a tweet out about it, just kind of saying, you know that we deleted it but the message that i guess i wanted to get out was that uh you know as a black person making content in in f1 you know we've only uh i've only really been on f1 twitter for like three months um and i uh see a lot of offensive language i see a lot of uh weird behavior like um uh and it's just like a weird kind of space sometimes but it's kind of hard uh someone said that you know we should have done more checks but i guess it's it's quite hard when you've only been in the space for for three months to to kind of know yeah i agree i mean i said the same thing to the person who said that to you and i was like look you know you you can only go back so far like you said and and um you'd hope that most people are coming to the table with a a certain level of integrity and, you know, that they're just genuine people. Um, 
And I feel like now you almost have to do like a DBS check on on a person's racial and bigoted history. Like, you know, that yeah. it's a type of due diligence that you wouldn't normally necessarily have to do as as a if you were a white person, to be honest. Like you're not necessarily gonna have to look yeah. at whether or not a person's been racially aggressive towards a particular demographic. You would might look at other things, but but not not that. And it's just a shame that as, you know, as black content creators or as people of color, we that's something that we have to consider. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 a shame. It's not even like it's a shame that you know if if we do get someone white on here that I I'm gonna have to you know I'm gonna have to go searching for stuff. I don't have to go looking for that. <laughs> the last thing I want to see. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but but I guess, ma'am, you've been in the space probably longer than longer than me for sure. Um, I guess how has it been for you as I guess as a woman and you know as as women of color? Like how how has it been kind of like navigating that? Um, and yeah, like how how do you feel about it? I mean, I like I said at the start, I started this platform, which previously was called Fast Cars and Diamonds in 2018. So I've been here for a while. Um, and the literally the main reason I got into this was because I was like, hang on a second. I'm a brown girl. I'm the like, I was like, it's literally the same kind of thing as Paris. I was like, surely I can't be the only brown girl who likes Formula One because I was so into it and I had no one to speak to about it. Yeah. So I started this platform and since then I honestly can't say I've personally received any negative feedback or any negative views. People have been really supportive of the fact that I'm a woman and yeah. I'm a woman of colour and they're like it's so nice to see that you're like making like space for yourself and like you're kind of just pushing your way in um, and I've, I feel like I've had to do that and I just think you know having met Paris and studying the YouTube that we've started and you know the response to all of that has also been so great and so positive that yeah when things like this happen and you see like these annoying little things pop up it's just like it's a it's a horrible and humbling reminder of the fact that actually this is a space that we have had to kind of force our way into and even then we're still Mm, kind of on the sidelines and we're trying to make it like our main like we're trying to be like main content creators but yeah unfortunately yeah. we do still kind of have to kind of you know we like we have to remember the fact that we actually are we're not the main demographic for this sport and this is what we're doing the three of us no. with dandy like we're having to actually create this own space for us and actually be like, actually, I belong here just as much as the rest yeah. of you. I have very valid opinions. I have very valid points. And I bring a lot to the table. So, you know, and I think the more that we, yeah. us guys are doing this, the more we're seeing other people kind of gravitate towards us and be like, oh, hang on. Like, I'm also a person of color and I like yeah. that sport too. So, yeah, I think it's been it's been positive so far. I'm grateful yeah. for it. No, I, I, what I would say is, you know, that incident aside and a couple of other bits and bobs, like it is so refreshing, you know, uh, I think we, we were saying before, like 60% of the people that listen to this podcast are women. 
Like, like it's crazy. Like I, you know, I'm a big football fan. Like, and you know, football does a lot to try and uh, like have. You know, there are like women fans in football, but I feel like in Formula One, like what I've noticed is like so prevalent. Like, and yeah. that was something that I didn't know when I was just like a casual fan on my own. But yeah. now I'm kind of in it. So many and like young girls to like older women like the the whole spectrum like so many people um so many women love formula one and so many women of color love formula one i watched formula one with my mum more than i watched formula one with my dad my dad got me into formula one but my mum i I watch races with my mum and she's like a bigger fan in that sense than i am like she she loves it so i get what you mean i think for me personally when i did think about doing this and kind of being on the internet in in the way that I am um I did consider like what could happen and and there was that fear and um I I just thought you know regardless of what anyone could say to me or what anyone thinks like I just have to not care about it and think like you know I'm here for a reason I'm here for something that I love and I enjoy and if you truly love it and you truly enjoy it as well you're not going to care about the color of my skin or the fact that I'm a woman so yeah that's kind of the way I approach it um but I have I think also because I'm on Twitter and and Mariam isn't on Twitter as much so I see a lot more of like the negative side of things coming up um particularly around races um you know there's a hive of people um who who might say derogatory things about particular drive or about Lewis Hamilton mostly because he's the only black driver but yeah I think that doesn't happen it's not as widespread like it's not super widespread but it does occur and um it's a shame to see it because it does detract away from what otherwise is a really solid core of like super fans like you have all different types of fans on the internet you've got the drive to survives and then you've got like the super into (laughs) it been here 50 years kind of fans and you know i i'm just here to connect with all the different range of them but I will leave no space for any bigots in my in my personal space because I don't think it's something that I should yeah. have to deal with. So that's kind of just the way that I probably will approach it. I'm not here to educate or make people feel comfortable about race. It's right. not for me to do that for other people. It actually baffles me that we are in 2021 and we're still talking about the colour of our skin. Yeah. Like, how? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. It's crazy. Um, and it's like, I think, I think, you know, I was saying to Tan before, you know, we're going to look back. It's crazy, but we're going to look back at this period, you know, with us and you know, yourselves, the pit stop frackers guys. And like, it's like a real kind of moment in like the content creation space, you know, because, you know, in terms of podcasts, you know, I, I feel like we're kind of breaking barriers here, you know, big up everyone who kind of maybe came before you know would love to reach out to you i don't know where you are so like you know it's, it'd be really cool but i think we're really kind of like breaking barriers and offering that kind of differing kind of view and like that uh diversity within the sport and i think it's really cool and i'm really glad to have had you guys on uh i appreciate it uh so much really glad and that you invited been- us yeah pleasure's all mine great like thank you so much because this has been such a fun chat love talking for one 
Yeah, no, it's nice, isn't it? It's crazy. For another hour, I feel like we've got it's crazy. Honestly, um, it's mad. You, you know, you spend years watching a sport like on your own in silence, and then, (laughs) and then, like, finally, you get to like talk about it, and you're meeting people, and you're talking about it. It's just like it is incredible, guys. Quickly, quickly, um predictions for Paul Ricard let me just get one prediction what do you think is going to happen in this bonkers crazy race it's going to be so fun and exciting uh, uh, what, you, uh, what, what are you guys predictions French person on Bottas the pole. Bottas pole Ma'am, is that a Bottas pole <laughs> I'm lying I'm lying I'm lying that's not going to happen <laughs> I'm going to say Hamilton will probably bring it home Hamilton will win Okay, Hamilton win Paris. Um, I'm gonna say, yeah, I think Hamilton probably win, and I reckon we're gonna see maybe Leclerc on podium and oh. uh, Ocon up there a little bit closer. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna say turn one incident, <laughs> safety car. <laughs> It's going off. I'm I'm literally manifesting an exciting race. Uh, right. I literally I'm just like oh it's gonna be exciting, it's gonna be exciting. Um so as long as we don't get dizzy crazy. by all of the um the runoff areas. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, oh God. what a track. What a track. Uh cannot wait to watch it. Uh practice will begin on Friday. Um guys, where can people find you on social media? You can check us out on YouTube with race reviews um, at On The Chicane. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at On The Chicane. And also I've got the website up, which is onthechicane.com, where I do feature articles and interviews with really cool people in the industry. So you can have a read of those online as well. Please check us out, subscribe, do all the stuff. Guys, please check these out. Subscribe to them. Let's support them um, because I think they're great. I think they're doing great work in in the sport. And yeah, we should all just support Nang stuff. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you're giving us a subscribe if you've got this far. Jesus H, you are a trooper. But uh, subscribe. Uh, if you can follow us, if you're listening on Spotify and on uh, Apple Podcasts as well, let us know in the comments what you think is going to happen at the Paul Ricard Grand Prix in France. And we will see you after the Grand Prix. We've actually got a really cool guest coming up uh, on the post race podcast. So, yeah, look out for that. Until then, bye. Toodle pip. Bye. <laughs> Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. The corrupt powers that rule this nation are hard at work. They are trying to keep wages low and the rent high. They are quick to line the pockets of big businesses, but tell us they can't find a dime for the people. I understand this. I've seen the rot from the inside as a state senator, and it's ugly and widespread. On Unboss, we are working to change that. Every day on Unboss, we are bringing you the stories that really matter. We talk about power, corruption, justice, or lack thereof, and we break this down every weekday 
giving you the tools to give the power back to where it belongs with the people. I'm Nina Turner and I am unbought and unbossed. Listen to Unbossed on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>